Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the greatest show on earth. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Joe Black, Chris Mindell, the Sons of Slam podcast. This is catchy. I've listened to this song no less than seven times since Sunday. No less than how many times? Seven. That that is a very catchy ditty. I gotta tell you. I haven't heard the entirety of that, but that was that was very catchy. That's a nice thing. I never heard that song up until her promo video saying that she was leaving wherever she was leaving. Mm. And that the destination was unknown. Then boom, that hit. And then destination known. Wow. Destination known. I haven't felt that good about a wrestling entrance since <laughs> since Jungle Boy got, it, got Tarzan. Got Tarzan Boy. Boy. It's it's weird how like music will just change like your opinion on somebody. <laughs> just it just just alone. Like even if you didn't like know this person, like you're just like, Oh my god, this is this is a great song. And then I I'll tell you this, I did not like Ruby Riot in the WWE. Well, I mean, we we will we'll get into that for I don't care a multitude of reasons why you know. Just but like, I'm just saying, 
the reason why, but now it's just... I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan now. Isn't that weird? It's just so weird. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to Sons of Slam. My name is Chris Mindell. My partner in the, in here, in the room, Mr. Joe Black. How are you, guy? I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, when it comes to wrestling, never been happier. <laughs> I, I, I have never been happier. I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> We're geeking out. This is a... Uh, monumental uh, weekend to say the least as far as uh, things go and the, the weird thing is that it, it wasn't like it was so advertised as to be such a great thing I mean people, people expected things to happen but I mean hot damn like just from beginning to end it wasn't even like the the uh, the debuts were the the big star even though it w- were a huge part of it obviously at the end there but uh, I mean every single match good god <laughs> it was yeah. just like We'll get into everything that was all out in AEW. I believe the word that I used on something that I told you guys was bonkers. Was and that's, bon- I think, the best way to describe this weekend. And it was bonkers. Bonkers and the the, the line that you uh, that you continue to use a, a lot, uh, the, the greatest of, of all time and, and the superlative of this is the greatest, that is the greatest, but... This, this was, was I, this was the this was up there the greatest. Man. This this was probably and and not not that you just you're the only one that that said it, but uh, online countless uh, reviews about it and it going down as one of the best pay per views of all time. Yeah, of all time, and that's that's a hands down. That's a that's a weird statement to make because wrestling has been around for decades and decades and decades, and we can and as you mentioned. Going back and thinking back on, on, on some of the pay-per-views that have been, and you you, you said uh, on the text line, you were saying WrestleMania 30, yes. uh, ironically, with uh, Daniel Bryan winning that one. Um, definitely up there. Uh, I have uh, 18, WrestleMania 18. WrestleMania 18, um, yeah. As my, probably my, if I have to put top three, I put that one, um, WrestleMania, she's... Uh, I want to say WrestleMania five because I, I I used to love the Mega Powers and when they oh. when they exploded man that was that was some yeah. shit like that was that was huge then <laughs> Hogan against Savage and that whole thing with Miss Elizabeth um but man this was just it was so good <laughs> just yeah, so, from beginning to end to... it was so good there was not one match that was just that you could say like oh, oh whatever like even yeah, no. even when you get into like the, the short ones that were just like the fillers to kind of bring you down, even like Paul White, Paul White, Paul White versus QT Marshall, come on, like a match like that, kind of like like to to cleanse your palate and move on to reset. Even that one was it was a short one and it was it was fun. I'm really glad that you said that because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I had texted Steve about that because he was like, "Why?" We were watching it somewhat together. Mm-hmm. I had just downloaded the Fight TV app. So I was watching it on Fight TV, and he brought it through through you know traditional pay per view sources mm. on cable, mm. and uh, we were it was synced up for the most part. But he might have been like thirty seconds to like forty five seconds ahead of me. So he said something in the beginning. I forgot what it was at the time, and and I'm just going, I'm just going, yo, that's awesome. It was Suzuki. I'm sorry, I'm getting into it. Just I just want to point this one thing out. It was Suzuki. That's just, and I'm like, that's, that's fine. Just, just hang on. Wait until I tell you about what I just saw. Right, right. <laughs> because you're clearly ahead of me, uh, and I want to make sure I see it. <laughs> uh, let's let's do this in reverse. I, I was, you know, usually on the show we we talk about everything the outside happening uh, and all the goings on. Let's let's take a, a sharp turn here. Uh, 
All of my outside the ring stuff has to do with what happened on Sunday. Anyway, let's talk so. about Sunday. Let's let's do Sunday. Let's let's talk about all out and uh, and we'll get into everything else uh, after the fact. We'll, we'll... Like the good old U.S. of A. compared to the entire other world. Let's start with Sunday. Let's. T- <laughs> We're so backwards. Um, let's see. Here. I, I would beg to differ that everybody else is backwards, but that's me being a stubborn. American. I'm not saying that's why we're backwards. I'm not saying that's why we're backwards. <laughs> There's so many other reasons that we will not get into here. Um, I'm just going to go Metric through. System. I'm just going to go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go through the matches, and I would like to hear your opinion on each one, and okay. I will give you my quick take. Um, again, beginning to end, even starting with the, the buy-in, when you had the, uh, the HFO, uh, the Hardy family office, uh, in its entirety, basically, um, and a return in that one, too. We had a return in that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Taking on uh, best friends and uh, Jungle Express, Jurassic Express. Yes, Jurassic Express. Yeah, best uh, friends sans uh, Trent. Trent. Yeah, Trent. Trent, because he, he his name's Trent? Is question mark? Also with a commer- with, uh, question, question mark. mark? Trent? They have that was. I'll be honest with you. Didn't watch that one. I was at work. I was at work, saw it right at 8 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> 8 o'clock came, I was like, boom, putting it on. My my, uh, my big take from this, other than the match actually being, a, oh, hello, being a, a banger was uh, the return of The Butcher. Yes. Uh, big boy. And he's he's gotten a little cut up there. Uh, he's He, if I'm not mistaken, he was injured previously. Could have yes. been a work, but I believe. No, I think it was, I think it was legit. It might have been legit, but they might have dragged it on this long because uh every time i die was cr- uh, uh, uh recording a new record if i'm not mistaken now explain the, that the band that he, he oh i don't know if people know this but he is the uh, the guitarist in a rock band called every time i die i think i just want to double check on that one okay uh but yeah so i believe they were recording a an album their new album he was out with a thumb injury yeah, he was out with the thumb. That's not, that's not a work. Okay. I mean, if you think I mean, it's 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 uh, it's on several different websites. He he was out with a thumb injury, and uh, it says Anna J also was out with a dislocated shoulder, and she's back. Um, I'm just going through the list of of injuries that were uh, AEW uh, roster. Um, yes, he is the rhythm guitarist for Every Time I Die. Big boy plays playing guitar. Nice. Big big boy. Big boy playing I'm, the I'm rhythm actually guitar. I'm looking at a photo. Makes sense, though. I'll be honest with you. Mm. I can play the rhythm guitar. It's not that difficult. But what he does, <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from what he does. How dare you I belittle their music, and belittle. that shit's difficult. How dare you belittle him? Jeez. <laughs> Anybody can do it. I can play the rhythm guitar in a Beatles song. Okay. You know? It's like three fucking chords. You just keep going back and forth. Right, well, John doing. Lennon did it while he sang. <laughs> Multitask. Stuff to do while while you're playing the guitar. And singing, it is. Gotta make, gotta ease it up a little bit. It is. <laughs> it's very true. Just like completely, just squashed him under your thumb. Of uh, he's bereft of talent because he plays three. Chords. Oh no, he's he's a thousands times a thousand times more talented than I am in both wrestling and guitaring. In wrestling too. That's, that's yeah, shocking. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's the one that shocked. That's what that's what got you. <laughs> All right, so Butcher is back. Um, and HFO is just is stronger than ever. Uh, so then we had our uh, first match, and mm-hmm. uh, kicking things off with, uh, out of the gate with Miro taking on uh, Yonkers' own Eddie Kingston for the TNT Championship. I don't think there was any way to start this. 
There was no other way to start. I, I thought that we they would have done uh, Moxley. Um, I thought they would have gone Moxley. I also had the women's was, uh, battle royal Kojima, but... in the back of my head. Okay, I was like they could just start this because they don't know how long that'll go, stuff like that. Mm. But then I realized it's a pay per view and they're not really tied to time. Time, right? But I think this Eddie. I just want to point this out. Eddie is so so underrated. Any title feud that he's in, he makes it so believable mm. that you think he's going to dethrone whatever unstoppable force that he faces, but he doesn't. Like with the Moxley match, I don't know about you, but I went into that pay-per-view or, or Dynamite, wherever they fought, thinking that Eddie could dethrone Moxley. And become the new AEW champ. And he become the new AEW champ at the time. Mm. With this one, same thing. I was like, are they really going to take it off Miro right now? That, and I was I was making these scenarios in my head like oh they actually might do that it was believable it was believable I mean still, I think that's what makes point. that's what makes a main eventer mm-hmm. you have to make every every storyline that you go in believable that you're gonna dethrone whoever you're going to uh, whoever you're gonna face right so I don't it it was an unbelievable match. Uh, Eddie did not win. Uh, we still have our uh, redeemer, and um, I I was <laughs> waiting for uh, for uh, the missus to yes, possibly pop CJ. out. She she did not, unfortunately. Um, the hot wife in uh, in question. I, by the way, I, I said in the text uh, thread that the, the, her, his promos uh, are probably my favorite of, of AEW right now, just because every time he's talking about <laughs> being God's uh, favorite son, the redeemer, and then. Having a hot my wife. hot ass wife. My hot ass wife. <laughs> <laughs> you put God in the same sentence as your hot ass wife. I mean, that's just balls. So uh, it, it is Miro. Well, think about what me, what uh, what Eddie did on on Friday night or Wednesday night, Friday night, something like that. He goes, you know, you call yourself the Redeemer. Redeem, <laughs> Redeem these, these nuts. nuts. <laughs> Not only did the crowd chant "Redeem these nuts," he had a shirt made "Redeem these nuts" uh, the next day. The next day, and I feel like. It is only appropriate for me to go out onto awshop.com and uh, buy that shirt because I want to support yep. not only support my my friend of, from Yonkers and karaoke, but I would like to wear that for our event uh, coming up for our two our two week stay, <laughs> our two week tour of uh, yeah. I already plan on buying merchandise there. Like I know I'm gonna between the two weeks, I'm gonna spend close to like three four hundred dollars on merch. <laughs> I already know it's it. going down. I feel like I'm I'll gonna... get a for, I'll get a, a, a foam finger at some point. You're going you're going full tourist wrestling yes. fan. Yeah. Yes, got it. Yes, got it. I would like that. I would like that shirt. I would like a CM Punk uh, something merchandise. CM Punk. CM Punk ice cream bar. You know, I would like an ice cream bar. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> CM Punk ice cream bar. Uh, okay, so Eddie uh, took the fall on that one, uh, but I do believe uh, he's, they got to put a belt on this guy at some point, and it, it, this would be the perfect uh, title to put on him, uh, the, yeah, T- the TNT title. Um, and if you think about the way that it ended, he didn't really, it, it could further the storyline, because he didn't tap out. He just passed out. He passed out. Pulls, Best way to do it. Pulls Stone Cold. Uh, let's see I had no Crimson, though, so no, it's not really the same effect. No Crimson mask, but they did have the same announcer. The, the, it would have, it would have been that they did. It would have been appropriate. Uh, speaking of uh, Moxley, next up was John Moxley versus uh, Kojima. Speaking of hard hitting, whoa, oh, good God! I, God I, I feel like every. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because I, I'm not in the least bit watch uh, New Japan. 
but it I feel is like called the Japanese strong style of wrestling. I believe strong style just happens to be in the DNA of every single Japanese wrestler that happens to come over to AEW. Like yes. I feel every match well, I've anywhere. seen so far. I mean, it, it is Moxley also, but it just seems like every fight. Good God, like how stiff can you get? Yeah, man. Well, I'm, think about Moxley and uh, and Omega in the middle of the ring. Remember when they put down the two seats and they just started trading blows back and forth yeah. to each other? Uh, Moxley ended up, ended up getting the edge because you know Cincinnati's own. Right. I don't know what that had to do with it, but okay. um, <laughs> are we, are uh, we refer, was, by the way, we refer, Kenny was standing. Referring what? to the uh, the explosion match is that. Uh, what you're talking about? I don't remember if that was the exact match. I think that was it. I think they started off. To or was put it the their chairs. original title match? Mm, no, where it was. Moxley walked in as champion. Um, no, I went. No, it was it was that match because I remember them setting up the chairs and then having the the wires around the ring. Okay. Uh, while they were going like blow to, blow for blow. So, what are you talking about? I don't know yeah. exactly. Uh, is, you are you putting mean? really putting that match in the uh, <laughs> in the path in pantheon of uh, horrible matches that you just want to bl- blank out of your mind? Uh, your mind? No, died. but horrible endings, yes, yes, yeah, probably horrible endings for sure. Might be the worst. They, name me a, a worse, the worst, a worst, and a worse ending than that match. No, technically, the one I was going to say, the match never started. So never mind. Okay. Never mind. If you want to get real dark, I'll say which one I was going to jokingly say. Uh, are you talking about, like, Owen? Owen versus Godfather okay, right. for the internet. No, I'm talking about... <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an actual match that that finished. <laughs> Douche. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hell, you guys. Really, you really are. I'm going talking about hell. a match that ended, and it, it ended with a winner and a loser. And it was just, like, with the, the expectation and the actual delivery was two totally separate things. I mean, if if you're going by that that technical definition of what you just said, mm. the Montreal Screwjob fits perfectly right there. Huh. But it got people buzzing. That's the only difference. But nobody said that was a bad ending. I'm not saying it was a bad ending, but the I'm way about you bad. described it, right? Yeah, okay. All it right. didn't go the way that the fans wanted. Right, it to right. Go. Okay. I, I, maybe, or the or the wrestlers in the back for that. Then I'll, I'll rephrase that. Uh, endings that oh, the, the finger poke of doom. Okay, fine. There you go. Thank you. That's right. what it is. That, that's okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, we're talking about endings that absolutely sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, now that he's not in WWE, I'll mention this, but Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> now that he's the party. Under the red light. Under the red is, light. I don't, in the that, ca- that was the worst ending to a pay-per-view. In a cell. A in a cell. Hell in a cell. Man. Um, Ever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It was, it was horrible. That was bad. I, I can't I, name for you another one, really. But that one is the one that's at the top of my head. You have, and I, I blame you now for this, but you have been so adamant about not talking about that. I blocked that out of my mind because of you, and now you brought that back. So I appreciate that. I know. Thank you. Now I have to think about that. It's what they called hashtag repressed memory. <laughs> push it down. You got to push, push it, down. it down. Like Bill Burr said, you push it all the way down, you tight it, <laughs> and you stick it up on that shelf. One day, that jar is going to fall down and break, and you don't know who it's going to break for. <laughs> I butchered it a little bit, but you get the, I get you the get point. The gist of it. I get the gist. Um, yeah, so uh, Moxie and, and Kojima, we, all that to say, uh, another, like, again, I'm, we're going to say this over and over again. Just, just know every single match. Uh, if you watched it, you know. If you didn't watch it, I'm telling you now, every match here was amazing. <laughs> was, every single match was awesome, and it took the whole pay per view, took you on a roller coaster ride. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and again, there were, there were matches that were. Uh, on air quotes, low end, 
uh, and there were matches that brought you completely high, um, and then there were middle matches, but every single one had a feel to it that was different than the other, and this was no exception because, again, as as stiff as they were on this one, uh, Moxley got the win, but he he didn't uh, take it lightly um, or or you know win this easily. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm all for this forbidden door going back and forth and new Japan being brought over and, and Moxley being the proponent of having them come over because he's, he's the first line. He's the right. first John Moxley is AEW's first line of defense. John, John Moxley is, is, uh, his booker se- seemingly for Tony Khan's booker for new Japan. It's, 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 yeah. it's kind of like the, the, uh, the conduit between, between both worlds <laughs> and, uh, bring, well, bring everybody all in. of us wanted, and now I I watch just as much New Japan as you do, mm. so nothing. So it's a zero. Okay, got it. It's a zero. <laughs> right. Like I might watch Wrestle Kingdom. That's it. Okay. That's no. It's gonna be three nights, by the way. Yeah, I heard that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, holy shit! Three nights in <laughs> three. multiple multiple locations. Locations. Too. Yeah. Yeah. They're not just doing the Tokyo Dome. They're doing the Tokyo Dome and other places. I'm impressed by that. Pretty sure. I, that's impressive. That if impressive. they can do all that, sell out the Tokyo Dome, that's a hundred thousand. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Somewhere close to that. Um, and WrestleMania two was in different locations, but that that uh, it was one night. Yeah, but <laughs> this that was be three. That was nights. like uh, Live Aid esque. It was. It was. It I was feel like, like this is also going to be along those lines, but you know, what did WWE do that thirty years ago? <laughs> and I don't know, it was like forty years ago. Forty years ago, almost. Yeah, I feel like forty years ago. Uh, yeah, John Moxley is going to be. I think they need to keep. Because let's be honest, when you talk about AEW and New Japan, there's one elephant in the room that everybody wants okay and it's the elite versus the bullet club mm-hmm. i think by having the bro the the forbidden door broken open you have these japanese legends that really john moxley left the wwe to work japan mm-hmm. he found aew just so happened to coincide with him leaving wwe so he decided to go with AEW. Now this new Japan thing is open. He was the IWGP US champion and all that stuff. And that's where it comes down to. I think what what Moxley wanted and that he didn't get was he wanted Tanahashi. Cuz Tanahashi if I'm if I'm correct just won the IWGP US championship from Lance Archer mm-hmm. at the uh Coliseum in LA. It wasn't that long ago. No, recently, recently like right. within the past month or two. Right. So that's the one that personally, I know for Steven, he wanted that. I wanted it because I've seen his work. Mm. I've seen Tanahashi's work very little, but I've, I notice it. And we didn't get that, so we got Kojima. But you want to talk about hard hitting. You talk about the debut, I guess you would call it. In Minoru Suzuki. Okay. He came out after the Kojima match. Yes. Obviously, Moxley is very respectful to the Japanese way of professional wrestling. So he of- respectfully bowed to Kojima after their very hard-hitting match. And then Suzuki came out. Mm. And when I tell you, I don't think I've seen stiffer shots in my life. I don't think I've seen stiffer shots in my life. Punch the shit out of Mox. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this whole folklore of Minoru Suzuki, in my head, was always that his head 
from years and years of wrestling was deformed, mm-hmm. and that's why his haircut was like that. I was wrong. Apparently, he just likes his hair cut like that way. <laughs> it's a look. It's a look. It I didn't know that. Yeah. I really thought, like like Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, yeah. How his just shits all, and even Devon. Oh, yeah. Devon Dudley. Yeah. His, the, his forehead's all of shit. It's Sabu, uh, Devon, yeah. Like they're and all... you figure with the with someone like Ric Flair, the amount of times he's he's bladed. He's been bladed. No, no, he's actually done he's a great perfect. job. Well, he's, unlike He them, looks incredible for his age. Unlike well. them, everybody else seemed to blade the wrong way. They always tell you to blade, like, across horizontally to go with the crease of your your wrinkle in your forehead. Yeah, and but they like, would blade, they up just like blade up and down and like, you know, whatever, whatever to get the blood. But yeah, Rick, Rick did a good job with that. He did. <laughs> I mean, listen, you're the best wrestler in the world. Pretty much you probably have like LeBron spends a million dollars on his body every year. I'm assuming Ric Flair was somewhat up there, <laughs> with, uh, but he also spent a million dollars destroying his body right. every year. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's doing insurance ads. Speaking of know. Rick, uh, Rick Flair bought. Cause I know you didn't watch it, but some people did. Uh, Rick Flair was in this past uh, episode of Being the Elite. Okay. <laughs> and he was. They they were sitting down at dinner, and he was at the bar buying everyone drinks. <laughs> I, I truly believe that he will be the last member to come into AEW to form the Four Horsemen again. But I don't think they will do that until they have the trademark for the Four Horsemen. Because WWE still owns it. Ah. As a WWE WCW product. Got it. I mean, I, it, it, I, I read that recently. They don't have to call about it. Arn Anderson has been... Uh, they don't have to call it that, but it, people... What are you going to call them? The Four... The Four Jabrones? The what? F- do you, what? The Four Clydes. The Four Clydesdales. The four, <laughs> come on, dude! Ridiculous. The four horse whispers. Um, we have uh, the women's <laughs> the women's world title match uh, with Britt Baker, your world champion, taking on Chris Statlander. Another and, uh, amazing match. Yeah, I, uh, I I give credit to Statlander because uh, I mean she's she is a, a brute and uh, but Britt man Britt is like and then. <laughs> My my favorite, I, I I did pop hard when I I saw her do the Pittsburgh uh, Sunrise, yep. Um, and I I, I I popped even I, just as hard, probably because you know. And I give credit to Excalibur because his his, his announcing skills are just amazing. And then to just come out of the gate like knowing what it was, it wasn't like a guess. It was like oh, there's a Pittsburgh Sunrise, <laughs> and just her hitting yeah. that on Chris Statlander, um, was yeah, a like that just means that everybody know foreshadowing of of things to come uh, with that. Everybody know. Everybody know. That's what that means. It's not like Malachi Black. It's, that guy used to be Tommy End, but that's not Tommy End. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Britt Brit retains. Uh, like she, she went on that 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 flurry of of uh, the, the the Pittsburgh Sunrise into the curb stomp into the lockjaw, just like one after the other after the other. Um, very impressive. Making the she, curb stomp from an, another indie darling that used to be on that scene, but. Mm. Uh, there's no word of, of him coming over. No, I don't uh, think he will. No, not anytime soon. Uh, yeah. Not especially when... The only reason that... Other than the elite, you know, his probably soon-to-be wife is there. I mean, everything lined up for him to go there. Oh, right, right. For Seth Rollins, right. it's like he would have to completely just be like, listen, babe, I know you're like the star of the family pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go over here and wrestle with my friends. <laughs> 
I mean, it's he, Seth Rollins does have like the perfect situation now. I mean, they they've catered to him now since SummerSlam to put yeah. your, your wife not only as the, in Fugazi match as a champion of that brand and SmackDown, but you're now you're on the same brand. He, she left on as a Raw champ, and now she's on magically because of wrestling on SmackDown. And we've been through this. She was a Raw superstar when she competed for the SmackDown title at at SummerSlam. 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 She was a raw, well, not anymore. No, like on the website during the match. Oh, really? She was listed as a raw, an active raw superstar. Okay, well, I'm saying that now she's not anymore. Now it's, she's not, obviously. Right. But it's like, hey, WWE, knock, knock, get your shit together. <laughs> that's that's what we're going with, with to get your shit together, that, <laughs> that match. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many other things we can talk about with getting your shit together with WWE. Uh, and, and we will. Uh, uh very interesting, by the way. We'll get get into uh, what Mick Foley said about getting your shit together. So, the only disappointing thing, if I had to put like a like a thumbs down on the night, which I was actually looking forward to watching and seeing, was the uh, the Pack and Andrade match. Um, yes, that and, was gonna be that. That's on Friday, I believe. This they, week, they, Friday night, they put it on the Rampage. But uh, yeah, so as far as the card goes. Uh, even as stacked as it was, I, I I did miss having this match, and I'm sure they would have it would have been a banger just to to add that to the amazingness of the night. But that are we going to agree that eventually the Lucha Brothers are going to align themselves with Andrade? Huh. I didn't even think. About I feel that. like that's the only. I feel like that's the only way to go. I didn't even think about that. Not the only way to go. Let me rephrase that. I think that's a solid direction for everyone involved. Because you have, you have Pac. Pac's whole gimmick is the bastard, right? Bastards don't have friends. He doesn't have friends. Right. Like his gimmick never. He was a loner, hmm. and now he's just in this death triangle. I love the gimmick. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I I didn't even think about that. That that would be a, a, a nice little swerve. Because um, then that that could play into him going back after Kenny for the AAA title. Right. What's the likelihood of getting the the biggest pop ever with having uh, Andrade get Charlotte over JW? Ooh. <laughs> I think it's. A, I just. I, I feel it's inevitable. I, I. I don't know. I feel like. But I, again, Charlotte is like making millions over in WWE. She doesn't need to. I don't think Charlotte's gonna leave anytime soon. Not anytime soon. No, I just like as we all do fantasy book. But it's it's uh she's she's fine where she is. I just feel like. I don't think any of the four horsewomen are going to leave anytime soon. Um, Becky, Charlotte, right? Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha. Bailey, and Sasha. I mean, I don't think any. Any. I think that going forward is going to be the. I hate to put it like this, but that's the blueprint for WWE's women's division. From now, for the foreseeable future. Their women's division is, should involve, revolve around those four women, mm. right? You plug in the new women like Bianca, like Rhea, like Shayna. If you push her correctly, right? If you, if if you push her correctly, that's that's the, where WWE's women's women's division should go. The further. I agreed, but I think the problem there is that. Um, you're going to if you're revolving around the same four women, it's it's going to get stale, very quickly. Um, you can have them as your your four like 
people that you kind of revolve everything around and then build from that. But yeah, uh, if we're just going to go off of like what we're we're doing now with Charlotte, which I mean, oh no, please stop doing that. Like, but just also you have a full fucking creative team mm. <laughs> use it correctly well that's not happening <laughs> so at this point what do you do <sighs> turn the fucking thing off and start watching <laughs> honestly that's where i'm at at this point i've tried watching <sighs> raw on monday and i j- like I, I watched the rk bro set rk bro is the best thing about rk bro and roman reigns those are the two best things about the wwe right now mm. that's it I would have put Becky up there if they didn't schmoz their way into her getting the title at SummerSlam. Schmoz. And that's the harsh reality of it. The mm. WWE has three things going for it, and two of them are on SmackDown. That's right. Down the <laughs> and that's a two-hour show. Yeah. Their other show is three hours, and that has one good thing about it, and that's Riddle. It's Riddle and Orton, but it's mainly Riddle. That kid's a superstar. He he is he is definitely a superstar, and I I can appreciate that Orton has taken up this mantle of being the the uplifter <laughs> for uh, for new talent. But also at the same time, I love the fact that they're putting him in uh, a title uh, hunt now. I, I like that he's in the picture again because, as you said, with the, uh, the same thing with the women as far as the the, the four horsewomen, and then everything being revolved around them. You can have this storyline with Lashley and and Randy Orton, uh, and and bring him back up there because he's been there so many times and and he represents the company well. And so, do it again. That's fine. I have no problem. I think I have a problem with someone like Charlotte being there again because she's there all the time. And I think the problem also is that they don't have anybody else. They had Rhea, they had Rhea Ripley. Uh, she she was. Admirable. They're slowly they're slowly building her back up. They they need to They're getting her into more of a baby face gimmick. They're they're aligning her with Nikki and they're gonna be like, hopefully this will make Rhea more of a, a baby face. Which is fine, or, but they or need to do it like now. She completely turns heel on her. Which wouldn't mind. I no, I wouldn't mind either, but right now they need to have be have her be a face because you can't really have her and Charlotte both be heel. No. Um they don't have too many women. That's a, that's the other thing too, as far as like legitimate they, they, uh, women that can be contenders. In the, they have the women, obviously we know that. Legitimate but they contenders, don't have contenders to to right that realistically can go after a title, and it's really just Charlotte, it's Rhea, and that's it, and that's it. Yeah. And and they them putting uh, Nick, on Raw on Raw on Raw right them putting Nikki in that picture is just a a bookmark to kind of separate the the these two. You know, timelines here. We're gonna look at Nikki Ash in the annals of history. Oh, what? And w- what? Uh-huh. We're going to view her as that thing that's like. Remember when Nikki Cross had that superhero gimmick and she was champion, like the gobbledygooker, <laughs> right? There's gonna be there's that one certain time, that one certain period right before the Attitude Era, mm. where you're looking back at the champions, going, "Ooh, remember that." It was weird. Mm. It was a weird time. Then yeah. we got the Attitude Era. Once we got the Attitude Era, woof! Thank God. <laughs> thank God. The Attitude Era, the Attitude Era, and Baseball Steroids Era. Now I don't know why they just so happened to perfectly coincide with each other, hmm. but that was the best time for both sports. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Everything had died down, uh-huh. and then steroids hit for both people. Let's be honest. 
and then everything fucking went to new heights. Get people like Barry Bonds and John Cena. To the moon. To the moon. 73 home runs for Barry Bonds with an asterisk right next to it. He will never be in the Hall of Fame. Never, ever be in the Hall of Fame. Just like Mark McGuire, just like Sammy Sosa, all these guys that broke records because of the roids, uh, Roger Clemens. I mean, we're, we're just, I'm taking a huge right turn tangent here, but it just, it's just weird how steroids completely just destroyed careers, even though it made people. It made all these great athletes in baseball. Go ahead. You're biting your knuckle because you want to say something. Go ahead. I'm going to say one thing and one thing only. Sure. You still need to hit the fucking ball. You take steroids and hit 73 uh, home runs in a fucking season. Uh, understood. That's fine. Right. But, but look at Barry Bonds. He deserves to be. No. He, he has the not. most no. home runs no. in nope. history. Nope. Nope. He deserves nope. to be. Nope. Pete Rose also deserves nope. to be in the Hall nope. of fucking fame. Come on, guys. Get your head out of your ass. Nope. 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 Get your head out of your ass. Nope. Now we disagree. Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. He no, deserves. No. Numbers, Yes. But you strictly on numbers. You broke the rules, man. Baseball is all about numbers nowadays. Broke the rules. How can you say that he Bre- can't no, be in the Hall of Fame? Baseball's been about numbers forever. That's the only sport that's so stringent about numbers. But well, now it's specifically stringent about numbers because look at the Rays. It makes no sense why they why they are as good as they are. I, I, well, that's you know, the reason why I hate baseball is, is analytics. But that's that's another topic for another show. But. Uh, he broke the rule, man. That's it. You're not supposed to bet on your on, on the game. You were a manager player that bet on on the sport. Oh, we're talking about Pete Rose. Okay, that yes, one I to... agree with. He did break a rule. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? Well, well, going back to Barry Bonds, what rule did he break? Oh, uh, he took uh, where dr- in the he took bylines? Drugs. He took drugs. Where in the bylines at the time did it say that you can't take steroids? Listen, it wasn't that he he was banned from baseball for taking steroids. They weren't all banned from baseball for. I mean, Mark McGuire became a, a hitting coach for different teams. That's not it, but the writers will not vote you in knowing that you've taken a, taken a drug to help you knock the ball out of the park. I understand. How much does it help you knock the ball, though? You still have to have that. You still have to have the eye coordination. coordination. I, I get that. I understand that. But the idea is that when you had these two guys, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, go after that record and clearly break it, and then the next, I think it was the next year or, or a couple of years after that, Barry Bonds came and completely shattered it. I mean, and, and if you look at Barry Bonds, look at him in a, in a picture when he's playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then look at look at him in a picture that he's he's for the Giants. He looks like he's the Incredible Hulk, like he was Bruce Banner and the Incredible Hulk in the, like in, in two separate photos. It's it's just absolutely absurd, and he will never get in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens, Yankee. We'll never get in the Hall of Fame because of roids. Is it unfortunate? Yeah, it's unfortunate, but they're they're not going to have unless they unless they they put him in the Hall of Fame and have a, a complete different. W- well, look at you. Look at that picture. You've you've look at that picture. You've lost a lot of weight. Okay, you've, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That's two hundred pounds on top of what I already am nowadays. Mm-hmm. So what? What's, right. What was your heaviest in that photo? This one. Okay, this is not my heaviest. That's not your heaviest. (laughs) No. I have a picture of my heaviest, and it was like April of 2017 or something like that. Okay. My heaviest on a scale, September 2017, because I never weighed myself other than that, Mm -hmm. on a scale, I was 472. Good God. This is March of 2014. Okay. Right? I gained more weight after this. Okay. Okay. 
You want to talk about Barry Bonds and his head size? I'll do you one better. <laughs> uh, what does that read right there? That is an eight and five eighths. You, what is that, custom made? Jesus, I oh. thought my head was huge. <laughs> right? I thought my read? I thought my seven and three quarters was huge. What does that read? Eight and one eighth. You have a large right. skull. <laughs> We've established. So I don't want to hear no shit about your head. Your head changing shapes after a certain age, right? When his head gained, when he, when he because he was in the in the gym and he was working out, you know his his head got a little bigger. All right, I don't want to hear no shit about that. You were not. My head got bigger because I gained a whole bunch of weight. You're not going to give him the whole thing. That's at the bottom line. He will never be in the Hall of Fame because you cannot take drugs to enhance your game. Meanwhile, everybody else can't take drugs. If that was the case, everybody should take drugs, and then everybody would be on the same par, same level. You'd be on if par you, with everybody else. Okay, go back. We're getting so far off. No, we were very but off. Go back, <laughs> go back and look at all the old interviews with Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. Mm. They had legitimate steroid pills in their fucking lockers while they were doing the interview. That's because now, granted, it was because hey, we can take those, and no one's gonna rec- no one's gonna uh, bat an eye at us for it. No, of course, but see, like they did it for ages. What were they? Little, were green pills or something like that. <laughs> Part of me wants to say Mickey's, but that's definitely not it. But that's what Bill Cosby did, the commissioner at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> now we now we just now we just took that left turn we were on and, and it completely just went downhill. Like <laughs> yeah. what a, what another sharp left turn. Uh, let, let's let's veer this back on the right course. I will say this: Bud Selig, uh, the commissioner at the time, l- completely turned a blind eye because, and he obviously every everybody knew about it, but because ratings were so good for baseball for the first time in forever, that um, he didn't care. He did not care, and the only reason why he did care was because it came out, and then all of a sudden they were sitting in front of Congress and <laughs> talking about uh, drugs and having. Uh, uh, Palmero point his finger and and say like I I didn't do anything and meanwhile he's on a list okay. of he's on a list All of right. names so yes it was a thing Let's, that was huge and that you know it, it it shouldn't have been done and he will ne- they will never my original statement they will never go up in the Hall of Fame. Let's put a button on this. Do you think people like A Rod are going to go in the Hall of Fame? No, it's unfortunate just because he just because he yeah. got busted once for doing steroids. It was more than once, but yeah. Well, he got he got busted. Suspended. He got oh, he, okay. he got busted. You're right, and then he got suspended for for a year. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, he will not. And it's unfortunate. All right. What about Spider Tech then? <clears throat> That's breaking the rules. Are you saying Garrett Cole's never going to go into the Hall of Fame because he more than likely used Spider Tech at some point? I think no, because the Spider Tech is is uh, not the same as as steroids, and now that's been cur- it is a, that's it been is curbed. a performance enhancer. Okay. So is so is same uh, as steroids. So is it's actually it's, no, it's not. It's definitely not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's absolutely more not. of a performance. Absolutely not. Because it's legitimately directly affecting the performance. Absolutely. With the steroids, you at least have to put the work in to then. You can't just take steroids and boom, you're going to get arms like that episode of SpongeBob. <laughs> Come on. I like your reference. Uh-huh. I couldn't think of another <laughs> one. I really couldn't. You got jacked. <laughs> SpongeBob. You got jacked. Uh, you know what I mean? With spider tech, it's more directly a performance enhancer because all you got to do is put a little bit on your fingers, and then boom, you can throw a curveball that that revolves a million miles time, a million times before it gets to the plate. It, it won't be the same because because uh, you can take, take away spider tech, that's fine, but you can you still have a rosin bag, you still have. Uh, 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 but those are uh, all legal already. 
those are legal. You, but you could also do like what they do now with the uh, with sunblock, and you know, sunblock gets sticky when you get sweaty. You put that on the ball with uh, sunblock with, and 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 rosin. Chew? What is oh, sunblock and rosin? And rosin. It, it makes I like a, why I thought sunblock and chewing. I, <laughs> <laughs> that, and that, the, would, that would make it pretty sticky. <laughs> the ball would just drop. <laughs> the ball would just drop to the ground. Like it would be like fifty miles an hour and just drop. Anyway. I think the funniest part about this whole spider tag thing to put a bow on everything yes, is when they when they went after the knuckleballer for using it. Like, dude, it's not I know. It's not moving. <laughs> what the fuck? But it's going like forty miles an hour. Um all right. We completely digressed and and let's let's get back on track. Uh let's get back on track here with probably one of the best matches I've seen. Um not just this night. Probably any night. The uh, the the steel cage match for your tag team titles. Go on. I said okay. I said that Roman versus Edge was one was the greatest match I've ever seen. I don't understand how that's a thing, but sure, go ahead. I still stand by that as far as Do you? pure wrestling matches. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll, I'll, okay. I'll I'll make an addendum to that because I have not seen a lot of stuff before I was born. Outrageous statement, but God, yes, right. Which is some people would say the golden era of wrestling. I don't know a lot of that. Ric Flair and 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 Ricky Steamboat going sixty minutes at Starcade. I don't know a lot about it. Do I need to do more research on it? Yeah, probably. What about Ricky Steamboat versus uh, Randy Savage and uh, at WrestleMania three? That one. Forget, I have not forget seen Hogan, the whole thing of it. Forget Hogan Giant. That that was what it was. No, that was the attraction. The wrestling match of that night was was Savage Steam, Steamboat. Was Steamboat. Yes, exactly. I agree mm. with that. Mm. I have not seen that full match back to front. Good God. Okay. What, why do I have you on the show? I, I don't understand. It was all, dude. It was six years before my parents met each other. I don't care. <laughs> just saying. I'm I just don't saying. Care. I, I love. The, I just don't know about it. I love the uh, the timeline. Right. I know it. I wasn't alive during the Civil War, but I know the North won. Like you know, there, there's well, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, yes. Uh, there, there are things that you need to go back and and watch, and that not the whole card, not the entire night. Watch that one match. Go on the network. Go on Peacock. Watch that match, and it, it was just for for that time. I mean, things have obviously evolved <laughs> to what 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 it is now, but for that time, those two put on one of the greatest matches ever, just because of their high flying ability. Yes. Again, at that time. Agreed. So, anyway, got there. This match here, uh, the AEW this World match tag, tag particularly, team yes, I absolutely loved. Mm. To say you, you the the issue I have with this is to say that it's the greatest match of all time. You can't really because it wasn't so much of a pure tag team wrestling match. Okay, right. It was tornado rules. It was inside a steel cage. It was a fight. Mm-hmm. Like that was a fight. <laughs> bring and, out a, if you can bring out a boot that has thumbtacks on the bottom of it and just bash Pento's face. <laughs> not only good God is it. Not only are they very expensive Nikes. Not only did it have tacks on the bottom. Those were Travis Scott fragment Nikes. Those things are worth so much fucking money. So much on the reseller market. Oh, wow. sure, sure, much, much more now since he put thumbtacks on the bottom of it. And it was oh, the ones with those ones are going into freaking AEW fan fest. <laughs> Crazy. Um, that one, uh, the whole fucking match. How do you? How do you the whole plan time that? I'm going. I don't know how the Lucha Brothers are going to come back from this. How do you plan that spot though? Like, how do you say, listen, uh, you work that out in the back. Like, listen, I have these these shoes, right? I'm going to put them on, 
and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you in the face with these these shoes. So just get so ready. About planning out the spot or planning out the spot before it where Brandon Cutler has to throw it into the into the ring. Both both. Is that I saw them plan that one? Well, allegedly it was on BTE. It was on BTE. <laughs> both. It was great. He goes, so I gotta I gotta throw this bag over that fucking twenty five foot yeah. fence. <laughs> You better practice. Okay. You better practice. I mean, I guess. I mean, there's nobody in the arena. Just bring this, bring the cage down. Let me practice yeah. a couple times. Play um, the music. Bring the cage down. Let's practice. Let's this practice spot. this spot because I need to throw <laughs> this over up twenty, like literally like twenty six feet because it's got to go over. Uh, man, just just the whole thing was just... perfect spot and a bread basket type catch by Matt Jackson. Very very nice catch. <laughs> very nice perfect catch. throw. Uh, Tom Brady should take pointers. By the way, uh, <laughs> Matt Jackson slowly looking like uh, like Hogan there for a second. That's Nick. Nick, sorry. Next, Nick. I knew I knew that was going to happen <laughs> with you, and I'm like, I always get them. I still they get don't. To me, they don't look alike. Now, now they don't. <laughs> and I knew. Well, that now too. they don't. Obviously, now that, one's uh, got the one's got the Hogan stash. Yes. Now, and I knew that too, Nick. Uh, he, yeah, he's got. The, <laughs> it's, he looks so much older now, and it's like very Hogan esque. He's doing. He he's got the Hogan facial hair, but he's still doing Macho Man fucking taunting in the ring. He's still putting his finger up and going mm. like this. Mm-hmm. It's great. Those two are a gift to the pro wrestling industry. They, they might be. They not might be. They are the best tag team on the planet right now. And yeah, uh, this match just proved it. And and the the ability for everybody involved in Elite to be involved in this match, the way they were even outside of the ring, uh, outside of the steel cage. Uh, just a, a absolutely brutal match, but we have new tag team champions. And I, if if I had to have guessed, I mean it's all in hindsight, but I wouldn't have guessed that they would have dropped it, um, dropped the belts. But but they did. And uh, I I didn't want them particularly to drop the belts, but it would have seriously diminished the Lucha Brothers in the mm-hmm. process. They would have put on a stellar match even if the Young Bucks had won. But it would have been like, oh, the Lucha Brothers can't get there. You know what I mean? Right. Also, I'm pretty sure between the two of them, their record is like uh, five wins for the Young Bucks and four for the for the Lucha Brothers. So I think we still got two more matches in us. <laughs> we, still have, we definitely have a rematch coming up and uh, at some point. Uh, get that at the Grand Slam. That'd be awesome. Um the uh, I just want to point one thing out: the le- those Lucha Brothers Letterman jackets mm. were absolutely stunning. I will a hundred percent. If those go on pro wrestling tees, I'm gonna buy one. What was the group that did the uh, the intro for Lucha Bros? No clue. Okay, but it was awesome. I, I, I loved it. I like that uh, that the live uh, performance for their their intro. It was great. Uh, did you notice that Matt Jackson uh, when Matt Jackson when Penta uh, delivered the the destroyer off the top rope to Matt Jackson. He landed flush on his head. Mm. Like I don't know if you saw the the slow the slow mo replay of it. Yeah, he scary. landed like very flush on his head. That was very scary. It was very scary. He yeah. he, he kept on moving his hands trying to get feeling. I think he got a stinger. Matt was originally supposed to take the fall, and they didn't want to do that package pile driver with Matt, so they did it with Nick. There had to have been why, some why sort of communication between the two of them. Why was that? Matt was all fucked up. Matt's neck was, dude. You, you, he was stumbling in the ring. Mm. Now, if it was all selling, bravo! It's one of the best sell jobs I've ever seen in my life. Mm. But if you go back and look at it after he takes that destroyer, he's slower. 
drastically slower. He keeps on trying to get feeling in his arm. And uh, what was the other thing? He had to, but when he stood up, he kept on stumbling everywhere. Mm. Like he was still taking moves. I even noticed that. Like the consummate professional that he is. Mm. But go back, like go rewatch it when you get a chance. It, it, it It's really scary. Huh. And I don't like it, if if he was still selling at the end when he came out to With, congratulate Kenny on his okay, right. victory, whatever. I don't know. It was it was amazing. Like like how some people say that Bianca was fake crying in the middle of WrestleMania. If that was fake, she did a great job. She needs to be the next Rachel McAdams. <laughs> that was an amazing. She, she should be the next actress. She uh, no, she's gone on on record as saying that was not fake. Um, for her, I can't talk about on Sasha Banks' uh, behalf. Sasha Banks, I believe, she didn't shed one tear. Right, <laughs> she was like, "I've been here before. Let's do this." <laughs> but yeah, but Bianca, not so much. Um, I don't know, I, I, then you know what will be the test is if you watch uh, Dynamite and Rampage going forward, and you don't see so much of them wrestling. You'll see them on TV, but not so much with the, yeah. on the wrestle uh, side of it. Uh, so we have new champions in, in Lucha Bros, and so congratulations to them. Well deserved uh, after that match, man. They and, and the, the super kick. Uh, party that they had going on between the two of them uh between the bucks and lucha bros uh, towards the end there uh just kicking each other um and then uh zero uh, penta doing that crossbody off the top um and that was it then we had our casino battle royale and what i like about aw when they do their battle royales is that they always have that joker and that's always the 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 reason yes. to have a debut and so mm-hmm. um if I'm not mistaken, the first Joker that they had was Brian Cage. Brian Cage, the first one of of memory, right? I think the first all out Joker that they had was Brian Cage. We had Brian Cage. We had uh, uh, Ethan Page. Ethan Page was one of them. Was one of them. Um, uh, who was the other one? Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Leo Rush was uh, last year at. Or this past year, yeah, that was revolution. That was, that was this year. What happened to him? He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And then he retired, right? He retired, right, right, right. But he said he will also finish his dates with New Japan that is in his contract. Gotcha. So right. he is currently back. He is finishing his New Japan dates, and we'll see what happens from there. Maybe he gets the itch again. It's unfortunate because I, I. Uh... He would have been the first wrestler contracted to both New Japan and AEW. Full contracts mm. to both promotions, as opposed to just being like Forbidden Door type thing. Right. Full contracts to both promotions. But he decided to retire. I like Too bad. S-O-O-L. Uh, so this, so women's casino, I say all that to say, is that uh, not to uh, a mystery entrant, uh, to, to expect someone uh uh, to come out here. So we had uh, Karashita, Sky Blue, we had uh, Sakura, Bunny, Abaddon uh, in, in the beginning, then uh, Anna Jay in her first match back. Uh, I missed her so mm-hmm. much. Uh, Kira Hogan, uh, Kylin King, Diamante, Nyla Rose. Uh, next up, Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hayter, Big Swall. I'm just going through the names of, of the entrants here. Um, Tay Conti, Red Velvet. Uh, I love Red Velvet. Uh, Layla Hirsch. I love Tay Conti. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I love Rebel and uh, Jade Cargill. And then the Joker. And it was Ruby Soho. And, Ruby uh, Soho. And uh, Excalibur again, just coming out with the, the line. 
Ruby Soho making her AEW debut destination known. That's perfect. And Ruby Riot is now Ruby Soho uh, in AEW, and she is there, and she got a huge pop. Huge pop. Huge pop. I popped. I mean, again, just with the, the, the idea of what a difference a, a day makes, so to speak. Not even the difference a song makes. <laughs> to me, it's the same exact gimmick that she had in the WWE. Yeah, it is. But she's got a banger of an entrance music. So it's, 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 it is the, the, the entrance song, but also it is social media. You know, it's yeah. a huge, huge part of it. Like social media, yeah. like when she left and, and the interest kind of grew for her and she just kind of became this presence on social media, man, it, it kind of picked up this, this, this ball of steam. That, and then all of a sudden when you know, people were chanting her name, like and soon the music came out, like, and, and it's like it's, punk. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny how people just are so in the know now. It's like it, back in the day, you'd never know that because the internet wasn't a thing. And now it's just like. We expect this person to come out, and there she is. <laughs> and how many people do you know think about? Uh, how many people do you think knew about uh, Chris Jericho uh, jumping shit from WCW? Like at the t- in that mm, arena? No, not a lot. How many people do you think knew that that countdown mm. meant? Not that the countdown meant Jericho, right. but that Jericho was appearing, that he was leaving WCW, mm. like the way we did with with some people who we will mention in a couple minutes okay um not especially ruby soho I was, like ruby, so there, there were there were chatter online a little bit right. but you don't really know until it happens except punk we all knew punk we all knew punk <laughs> all knew punk well you all knew i mean you did also know brian danielson you also knew uh, yeah but even that was still rumor he could have showed up on 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 smackdown and we would have been like wow the dirt sheets got us yeah you know what i mean because that's what everybody wanted. We don't know if that's what he wanted. With Punk, we were like, "Oh, he's there." Mm. I don't know. Punk, like, Punk for, was the best, the worst kept secret in wrestling. Every time I heard reports, oh, you know, that that is true. But every time I heard reports about like Cole and and, and uh, Brian <laughs> Danielson, uh, it was just always like, what, "Expect a date. Expect a date. Met with Khan. Expect a date." That's calling him Brian Danielson. It's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna. To it's, it's weird. I'm just gonna start calling I'm him always, Brian. I'm always. <laughs> it really remember is. Brian? Right. Remember Brian? Remember Brian? Uh, yeah, it's me having in my mind having to like reverse the, the names here. Um, I I, I, I had another point too. Uh, just oh, I, when we talk about Chris Jericho, uh, the, when the, the when the radicals uh, appeared, nobody knew that was that was a thing. Like they, yeah, that that was legit. When and they interviewed when they interviewed. Um, uh, 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 Dean um, Malenko. They okay. interviewed him and uh, didn't know who you're talking about. Yeah, thought you talk about Dean Ambrose. Not, not Dean Ambrose. Like Moxley? When they de- when they interviewed uh, the Dean uh, uh, Malenko, Malenko. I just Jesus, said, what's I, going I on just with you, dude? I gotta stop smoking. Uh, when they interviewed Dean Malenko, and they t- they said that like, it was just a thing that we were like we're we're tired and, and, and countless interviews when you watch like monday night wars they always talk about it and i always refer to it as uh, like when jericho talks about it when uh at the time when uh guerrero talked about it uh, and all these guys were like so so tired of being that mid-card level because they were never going to break through that because you had all the, the hogans and the and the nashes doing the booking that that there was only that ceiling that they were going to get and then that if, if you ever watched the match where jericho had, had the match he's, he lost the match and he takes the chair and he smashes it against the the ring post that yeah. was that was legit work. Like he wasn't he wasn't like faking that. He was pissed. Like he was just tired of losing all the time, and so 
that at that time because there was no internet you didn't know that they were going to jump and all of a sudden you see them in the sitting in the front row that was the time when it was like that was like the modern day AEW because you had wcw guys now going when initially they were going from wwe to wcw because of money you had guys that were already in wcw that weren't making it where they wanted to be so you had paul white come over which is which is a huge huge get for them you had literally uh, and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> you had the radicals, all all four of them, come over, uh, which was that at the time was the, the biggest thing ever. Because that was huge. That, that, I would put that, that. I would say that was that bigger was, than than Big Show. That was yeah, absolutely bigger than Big Show. Um, because that, that now you're starting to see these influx of guys in the reverse way coming over to WWE, and then Jericho being the 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 you know, the finale. Outlier. Um, but no, at at that time, all that to say, all that to, at that time, nobody knew uh, that I remember. I remember that vividly because I remember just watching The Rock in, in the ring and seeing that countdown, and and everybody knowing that at this particular time, and they kept true to that time, man. They didn't like keep it for the end of the show. It was it was they they timed it perfectly, and Jericho even said it on Broken Skull Sessions. They timed it perfectly where when they started the promos months before that it was gonna. The time was going to end at the the mid part of Raw, so that's it, perfect, right? So it was going to be like whatever that. the nine I o'clock love that little known fact, whatever the little <laughs> if you didn't know, fun fact that at whatever the nine o'clock hour was going to be, that was and that was going to be like their huge ratings grab. That's that's why the Rock was in the middle of the show. I mean, you know, normally it'd be yeah. the beginning or the end of the show. He that's mm-hmm. there's a reason why he was right in the middle of the show and it ended right there where, where Jericho came out and, and introduced himself. <clears throat> so fun fact. Um, the more you know. The more you know. Uh, Ruby Soho is now in AEW. And not only is she in AEW, but she ended up the match with uh, Thunder Rosa, and she won. And yes. so now we have a new number one contender immediately out of the gate with uh, Ruby Soho <laughs> at some point taking on uh, Britt Baker. And tonight, Wednesday, uh, as, as of this recording, September 8th, she will be fa- fighting her first match on, uh, on Dynamite. Against Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader. That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge. I mean, huge again, literally and figuratively. She's she's a lot bigger than than Ruby, but I mean, I yes. obviously expect Ruby to win this. But that's that's a huge get because she just got got here. Jamie Hader just got that's here too. That's the thing that you expect Ruby to win this, but you don't actually know. I mean, she would, they could have just she, been. She better win it. <laughs> she better win absolutely. But Jamie Hader is, for all intents and purposes, that's Britt Baker's heater. Right, right. You don't exactly know. We all know that she's going to win, mm. but it does leave that level of curiosity. Right. That goes. Well, she just debuted, and she's also on a hot streak. Maybe she is the one who's going to win over Ruby. Then you have some dissension within Britain, all that stuff, and, and I don't know. Mm. But she just got there anyway, so Ruby Soho is obviously going to win. They right. also could have just been like Ruby Soho, uh, uh, first match in AEW type thing. You know, first singles match in AEW, they could have just had a picture of her, and they would have given her some Jill Bear off freaking sure. dark elevation or some shit. This is, but this is the way to do it though. Like put you right out of the yeah. gate, if you want to, you want to elevate this this person who is mid card on, on WWE, who has been around for eleven years. And if you heard, if you heard the uh, the the post conference the uh, press conference stuff. With her and the post media scrum, the scrum with her and like Tony Khan did, did a sit down with with the three new people um, that came came into AEW. Um, 
you, you the, the very fascinating uh, watch. So you you watch BTE. I'm, I'm now I'm telling you to watch this on on YouTube. I watched a couple of them after, and you uh, saw I saw them go at it. Not go at it, but be like that. There was that little bit of confrontation between Ruby and uh, and uh, Britt Baker. And Britt. I'm talking about this, I'm talking about when when she was just sitting down on the at the mic with Tony with Khan. With Tony, right? Yeah. Um, and her talking about her her 11 year push and from the Indies to where she was. The, the the common theme for all the the newbies that were in a are in AEW now is WWE is the, well obviously WWE <laughs> but but they've all said the same thing which I don't know if they were trained or told to say that but they all and and, and CM Punk said the same thing too as far as the new talent like oh we want I want a new challenge I want the new talent that's here yeah uh, I want to face them so uh, Ruby said the same thing uh, as far as her eleven year journey and and how she, how happy and and except that she felt uh, coming to the doors of, of AEW. So congratulations to Ruby Soho, um, and welcome to, uh, to AEW. And uh, congrats I, on having the best theme in wrestling right now. <laughs> wrestling right now. Uh, I feel like if you – and let me also say this, too, because I, this will – and I'll, re, I'll reiterate this towards the end of what we talk about with, with everything here as far as the uh, debuts. If you did not believe in AEW – as far as a legit thing, Tony Khan has made it a legit thing now. Yeah. And if you didn't know AEW before, you, I mean, you, you will know at least, <laughs> at least a, a good close to half of the, of the squad that they have on AEW on their roster, because they just all came over from WWE with more to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we'll get into that after we, when we talk about outside the ring stuff, but you, you're, you're acclimated with these people that you've already know. Like, so even even beforehand, like even when AEW started, like you, you knew Cody, you knew Chris Jericho, the you knew, Bucks, you knew uh, you knew John Moxley. And I'm, I'm talking about if you if I, if I just watched WWE, oh, okay. I, even AEW, I didn't know I didn't know Young Bucks, I didn't know Kenny Omega. You had no when AEW before when everybody got the note like the 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 press conference in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you had no idea who the young no idea who the Young Bucks were. Not the Bucks. I knew who Kenny Omega was. I've, well, se- I've seen him. I've seen him fight, and I've, I've seen a match of, of his in New Japan. But I've never seen I'm the Young Assuming it's probably the one against Chris Jericho at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, that that one and the one where he fought. Where he fought. <laughs> yep, the, I knew it. That one and where he fought the little girl. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> He's uh, got so many more I, better I know, matches I, I than know, that. I know. Just, I just found that one funny. Um, those no, are some of his top two. Like those are top three of his best matches. But that one, that one went viral though. That that match with the, the, the like the ten year old girl <laughs> went viral yeah. because he just Rio. like he just fight, <laughs> he just fight flipping over like left and right. Um, that, that was just ten year old girl, the one with the doll. That one was good. You ever see that one? No. He wrestled a doll. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah like, I did. For yes, like twenty the, minutes, the, the dummy. Yeah, he, he fought the dummy in. <laughs> You put the dummy over. That that's when you know it's talent. When you can actually yeah. put something and and like it's literally an inanimate object and you're wrestling it. And you know Japan's weird, man. Like they'll they. So you eat had that no shit idea up. about the Bullet Club. I know I knew about the Bullet Club. Okay, I don't know like the Which, specific members. Like the, the original inter- you didn't know no. about the members. I knew some did of the members. You knew about Fergal before he came over. I did. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> I I did. Okay, and 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 AJ Styles, yes, and, and oh, well, AJ, well, AJ Styles, AJ, I knew from from TNA. Yeah, yeah, but what about like the Good Brothers? I'm sorry, not. Let me rephrase that. What about Carl Anderson? Um, no. when he came over with Gallows, no. did you know who Carl was? I knew who Gallows was. Obviously, he, he was in WWE. Everybody remembers Festus. Yeah, Festus. 
<laughs> that, that gimmick right there, whenever you just, if you're just like brain dumb, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the ring hits, the ring, ring bell hits, and you, you come out of your, coma, <laughs> your comatose state, just <laughs> so funny. Um, no. Who else? You didn't know who Tamatanga was either. No. No. All these names. Did you, you have any idea that it was Haku's son? No. Not until Did he said you know it. that? Just now, I told you that, and now you realized it. No, no, they said it on the broadcast. Oh, okay, Oof. I mean, oh, but God. I didn't know it's until they said it on the broadcast. Like, I, listen, I'm not. I, I, I claim to love wrestling because I do love wrestling. I, I don't claim no, to no, no, know no. every you, single aspect of wrestling, but I, as far as like people that you like WWE, before now you like WWE. That it was the same be, with me. Well, before before now, I, I yeah, I like WWE because. I mean, uh, as far as it was as just the only a, stuff that was on our television in America, right? If you wanted to watch New Japan, you had to like go online and find it somewhere. Then you had like, if, dude, uh, Tok- the, you the know, Wrestle Kingdom. You want to watch Wrestle Kingdom in New York? You want to watch it? Wake up at three a.m. Right, that, that's when it starts. <laughs> right, right. You know, you know what it is, it, and I feel like this is also with AEW uh, people just. Uh, either getting newly acclimated to AEW or just not wanting to go there. It's a time dedication to it. And and also it, it's because it's as far as like you know storylines. It's wrestling and I always say this to Lisa. Wrestling is a male soap opera. Oh and, my God, thank you. And 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 let me not be, let me, that's the only way I can explain wrestling to anybody. <laughs> Any civilian yeah. who doesn't like it, uh, this only it's a male soap. Opera. It's a male soap opera that uh, that I I'm not saying male soap opera to be sexist because I know a ton of women that love uh, personally know a ton of women that love wrestling. I'm just saying as if I had to describe it, I would say it's a male soap opera that yeah. you have to be invested in storylines and if you jump right in like that's why sometimes when i don't watch wrestling for weeks i'm like what the hell just happened here like why is this person here like in all honesty i'll tell you right now nxt there was a week i didn't i didn't watch and all of a sudden uh, uh legato del fantasma has a female member on it like i'm like where did yeah. she come from see so and that, that that's the kind of thing like if you don't watch every single week like a soap opera you miss out on certain storylines yeah so AEW. Not only are you missing out on one factor you know, of like that storyline with like Legato, but AEW is an entire new league. <laughs> it's yeah. an entire new thing. So for you to jump in, I, I, I some part of me gets it. Like it, as far as like the time commitment that you have to put in to now, you watch WWE. It's 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 fine because that's been the the, the big boy and the and the, the leader uh, the leader in sports the entertainment worldwide leader the worldwide in leader in sports entertainment <laughs> it's it's been it's been it it is it, it's still the the top of the game but now AEW with these acquisitions it, there's still reports of Vince McMahon it's not on their his radar hey Vinny get close to the mic get close to the speaker I'm getting close to the mic. It, it is. It's up there. You better. You better start taking notice of this because it's. It, you're. And again, I will. I'll play the clip that uh, McFoley said. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a huge problem that you are starting to lose these guys. And now I know you notice it because, because suddenly you're all interested in contract expiring. And now uh-huh. it, it's, there's reports every five seconds about different wrestlers that they're trying to find out and make sure that contracts aren't going to expire. I was going to talk about this before or later, but let me mention it now. Kevin Owens' contract is about to expire. It's about yes. to expire in January. January twenty two. And he not only is it about to expire, he's putting like little like weird little quips on his Twitter. Yeah. About you know, so 
you, you better you better wake up because you're going to start losing all your people and they're going to go over and jump ship to AEW, which is not only just like in the same situation as WCW, but it's better than WCW because you're not you don't have somebody like Bischoff and Hogan running the show. You have one mind running that show, and that's Tony Khan. And it's and, and creative control is not the word to use. It's not creative control. It's creative expression. They all have creative expression creative and creative liberty, and it's all open to them now in AEW, and it's not open to, to them in WWE. So when they hear that, when someone like Ruby Soho gets on the mic and says, "I have this creative freedom now that I I, I didn't have before in the last couple of years," who do you think? Obviously, who, who is she talking about? And every single one of them said the same thing. They all uh, uh, made mention of the fact that there's now this creative freedom that I feel here, and all these people that are over here just love working here, and I see why. That, that that's an issue that when you you you're going from somewhere that is restrictive in how far you can go with what you want to do to where it is to where they on that side of the of the the train tracks they're 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 doing another tune over there and it's it's the grass is maybe greener for the same amount of money or maybe even less but you still have it's it's a it's a freer experience over there you're going to start getting people jumping over and it's already yeah. you're already seeing it and they they've already sent out an addendum in, in WWE internally about uh, these new pe- these people jumping ship um that, that's a problem so you might want to just kind of take notice of AEW and you're not talking about it, it being competition it's competition i'm sorry and it's it's and it's now it's huge competition because now you not only do you have CM Punk you have uh, Ruby Soho now as as far as your women's division who you need to build up now Kenny Omega is probably the happiest person on the planet because he has a division that he can like start to mold like with different people now yeah and that needs to that that's always been their their hindrance has been the women's division but now you have her it was a hindrance is because of they we didn't know that much about Japanese about the Japanese women that were so spotlighted in the beginning right but. Someone like Britt Baker was not who she is now, and so no. you had it, it was it was the, the women's division with Riho. First of all, was uh, baby I, steps. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby steps with Riho. Um, should she have been the first champion? That's up to debate. But I mean, name of another person at the time who could have been the first champion. Britt Baker at the time couldn't. Have. She wasn't believable. Uh, now it, she's fucking crazy. It what Riho was? I mean, Riho was she had that underdog story behind her. I, I guess, but it's just you know what I mean. I, I, I equate Riho. To, I mean, as far as skills go, I, I she's above and beyond. But I, as far as like uh, story feel, I feel like that and and Nikki Ash are like on the same yeah par on on par. So you know, it, for, it, again, up for debate whether she should have been the first champion. Who, but as you mentioned, who who else could it have been? Who knows. But putting on women that can actually wrestle and having a car that can substantiate that, like you have uh, Hikaru Shida, who's who's an amazing champion, uh, Britt Baker, right now, an amazing champion. So build up that roster of women to compete with the roster that you have across the street at WWE. Mm-hmm. But for the for the the rest of the the roster, it's just it, it's 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 a daunting task to have to catch up now because you have all these new talents coming up and and, and when I say new like they like Brian Danielson you know you have Adam Cole uh, CM Punk like you have all these names now now they have names and they they kind of did before but these are these names are 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 huge and so and and not to mention also again <laughs> I guess I'll mention it now Bray Wyatt is now coming into the picture of yeah. AEW 
dude i mean this it's not like these are just like little like whatever names these are huge huge names and not to mention the fact that bray wyatt in aw with creative freedom oh my god (laughs) yeah but the issue is that not so much of an issue as much of a, a kind of setback is that he won't be able to be bray wyatt you know what i mean He's gonna have to go, but I'm pretty sure he even changed his Twitter handle just to Wyndham. That's fine. Listen, I mean, right? He can come I, up. Listen, I know it doesn't make that much of a difference, but as far as like with Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, like that's the same person. It's just a name change, right? Right? Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he could still go by his regular name, but it's it's it. We grew to love Bray Wyatt. We knew about Daniel uh, uh, Brian Danielson beforehand. <laughs> there you go. But no one. Really knew who Wyndham Rotunda was. They knew him as IRS's son, and that's it. They then they knew him as Husky Harris. Ooh, Wyndham Harris. That's got a good ring to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, and he, he's only big because of his own doing. I, I don't know if anybody's aware of that. Like his his own. I mean, doing he had is, diet restrictions and stuff like that, but you don't got to get on the guy's ass for it. Well, that I mean that too, but I'm talking about <laughs> cr- creatively. <laughs> A little too close to home, huh? Uh, the creative yeah, dude, come on, <laughs> what the fuck, creatively, creatively, that was not WWE. You think they came up with the, the fiend? Get the hell out of here! Like, they, 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 no, they, he brought that to them, absolutely right. So, you know, it, it, that's that's his. So, that to say is that you have you have people like Malachi, you have Alistair come in, change the first name, whatever. Instead of Alistair Black, now it's, now he goes by Malachi Black. Okay, whatever. Ruby Riot is now Ruby Soho. It's a little tweak. It's the same person. It's the same character. Come up with the same kind of music. And that's a little like a little tweak here and there, and and do the the monster. The do that instead of the feet. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, but it's still the same character. I got it. Go ahead. Oh boy. Oh no, because you can't with the panda and all that. Let, let I'll, I'll I'll put it out there, and then you let me know what you think. It sounds like a WWF thing. What? Yes. <laughs> what if you call him Wyndham Wyatt's fiend? The WWF. <laughs> Boom. There's your lawsuit. You gotta pay me for this There's shit. There's your lawsuit right there. <laughs> oh, man. I would love to see Bray Wyatt. Uh, going back to what you said about the uh, uh, Vince not viewing it as competition. Mm. I do agree with you in the sense that right now he does not view it as competition. I do agree with you in the sense that right now he should view it as competition. Mm. But I will say this, I don't think he will anywhere closely consider it to be competition unless it's going up on Monday, 8 to 10, or Friday, 8 to 10. That's the only way that I see Vince McMahon viewing it as any sort of competition. It has to go up against his number one brand, which in Vince's mind is raw. Mm. But in the people's mind, is SmackDown. That's why I say if if they were to go, like I don't view Rampage as competition at all, because it's ten o'clock. Right. It's after SmackDown. Nobody. No. I'm not saying nobody cares about it because I do like watching it, but uh, Vince doesn't care about it because it's after his show goes off the air. Who gives right. a fuck? Right. Now some could consider that Vince growing up a little bit. Mm. Right. Mm. But I. It's not. He, there won't be, it's not a war, right? No. There's not even battles. No. It's just, we're in a Cold War period right now. 
<laughs> it, okay. This is wrestling's Cold War. Okay. Okay. You don't have directly fighting against each other, right? There's no two companies competing against each other for time, right? Okay. Now, are they competing with each other in different things? Yes. Yeah, someone might be labeled a Russian, and we might have a red scare. But, <laughs> okay. But right now, it's a it, it one thing could set off a nuclear war, but we're not there yet. Well, that one thing obviously being if Dynamite were to go Mondays eight to ten, mm. if if Dynamite were to go Mondays eight to ten, that's when the war starts. That's when it really gets ramped up to Attitude Era ninety seven levels. Right. Before that, Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about AEW. Wrestling's Cold War. <laughs> he should. I mean, he should have given a shit when he was. Uh, he had his his NXT product going head to head, and they they. I think they won one week. No, they won more than that. Uh, I think from they uh, won more than that. I don't give them ten. No, but I know it was definitely more than one. Okay. If we're talking about head-to-head, I say five. Because there were those weeks, obviously, that Dynamite wasn't running on Wednesdays because of... That, I'm, not, I'm, talking about, no, like no, that. I'm talking about head-to-head. I'm talking about head-to-head. Head-to-head, I say maybe five. Yeah. Maybe. But we don't have time to look that up right no, now. No, I'm not looking <laughs> I'm definitely not looking that up. All right, so... Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Next! Next up. Um... <laughs> Oh, Jericho's last fight. I, you know what? I, 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 I love MJF. I really do because I think he's. You want to talk about the bad ending to a match? That would have been bad. <laughs> as far as the ending of this match, well, the first ending. Of oh this well, match? I, right, right. The first ending. Yes, yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I love MJF just because he's such an asshole, and his yes. intro. <clears throat> excuse me, his intro, uh, which is amazing. So he had like this chef's kiss. <laughs> He had, he had um, on on the it was on the Tron. It said mm-hmm. uh, oh, he had countdown the countdown right. He did the Jericho right. Speaking clock. of which, speaking of uh, he did the countdown the old school Jericho countdown clock. Yep. the Y two J countdown, and then it said Jericho's last match, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he came out to his music. Um, just amazing. And then he came out. He, he came out looking like uh, like a king book. Like, like I was gonna say like like I was gonna say Burger King, but yeah, he was like King Booker. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if like that was. They just looked at at, at Booker T at the old King of the Ring robe. Mm. I want that. I'm the king. I want it. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before it's King Maxwell. Come on. I know. I know. Actually, no. Matt Hardy's going to have a, f- a tough time with that because that's one of his sons. That's what he calls his son, <laughs> King Maxwell. Um, I I, I did, uh, and then and Jericho came out with his uh, guitarist uh, from Fozzie. Uh, Billy Gray. That was horrible. I was gonna say that not a good, not a good sound because everybody was. I I, I liked that he they had it there, but everybody was like kind of like off with the singing. Okay, <laughs> so here's, Judas here's what it was like uh, Judas in my in my mind. Now do I say it? I, it was just weird. I think Jericho wanted him to walk all the way to the ring with him, mm. but he had a wireless speaker plugged into like uh, not a wireless speaker. Like he had say? a wireless plug plugged into his guitar, right? So that he can go. Into this, into the, into the, the PA system right. in the right. arena. I think there was a range, and he went too far out of that range walking to the ring, 
That's why it was going in and out. Like uh, that. that makes sense. So the whole time I see him playing the guitar, and I'm just like, eh, eh, oh, that's bad. You know who they should have hired? Who? Rick Boogs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Rick Boogs would have been able to play it. That's all I'm saying. WWE won. AEW, $3 million. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Rick Boogs, uh, the story came out. Oh, I know exactly what you're doing. The story came out that they gave him like a a day to learn that. Like it was like the day of. Like as far as learning the intro. Like we're gonna pair you up with Shinsuke Nakamura as as like you being his hype guy. Learn yeah. this song now. Like wait, it, but it, we're airing tonight. I know. Go. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh shit. Like that's. that's and I, I'll, I'll go on on record as saying that first one that he did, I think, was better than anything he <laughs> he's done. I know. <laughs> I know. Rick Bruce is a national treasure. Um. Let's see here. So Billy Gray was out of uh, out of range for his, his guitar. Uh, I did like I. You know what? I I gotta give him credit because I do like the aspect of MJF beating Jericho and everybody kind of being the stuns Lesnar Undertaker kind of sound in, in yeah. the arena of like holy shit he's he's done. Um, yeah. So at at, at one point MJF actually pulled off the win, and uh, he had Aubrey uh, do the three count, and then. Have the, the the old school referee come down? Oh well, the referee was already there, if you remember, because Hager and and Wardlow started to fight right outside. Oh the right, right, right. So they broke it Wardlow up. Wardlow right. came to help MJF. Then Hager came, started beating him up. Refs came out. Right, right. Just to, so he was already there. He was like, "I was right there. I saw it." Well, it's more like off off oh. mic. So it was like, "I was right there. I saw it. I swear, I saw it." He had his foot on the rope, and she goes, "That was there the whole time." <laughs> Are you the sure? whole time. You're Are telling you sure? me that was there the whole time. Are you sure? Show the replay. Show it. And there's a foot on on the rope. Uh, uh, just story, storytelling at its best. That was, and it, was it gave good. credibility to the refs. It first of all, it took credibility away from the refs it wholeheartedly. Did. Yes, because the referees in AEW suck. Brought it back and then some uh, to them. AEW referees are the worst, <laughs> but it's that's their job. Their job is to be oblivious to to They're things so because it's, it's wrestling. No, Aubrey, Aubrey, and Bryce. Those two, uh, I'd I'd say they could they could call all the matches in AEW. I'd be perfectly okay everybody with else not so much. Everybody else sucks. They stink. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Let's I call a spade a spade here. It's just so weird <laughs> how bad referees are. Uh, I loved it. The, that whole match was amazing. Yeah, it was it was, it was awesome. Great storytelling again. Having the 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 uh, the swerve with the uh, the win for MJF and then the, and if I'm not mistaken, that's and, that's MJF's first. Oh uh, no, it's not because of first uh, Moxley. I was going to say it's his first no, uh, singles uh, loss. Right? No, he lost to Moxley. He lost to Moxley. Yeah, it was his first loss to uh, to Jericho. Yes. Yeah. So MJF is now three and one on Jericho, which means call back to us in about two years. We'll get those other two matches right, <laughs> right for you. There you go. Inner uh, Circle came out and celebrated Jericho. Um, First, and then immediately after, just it was just like well, one one thing after another here. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Uh, this Whew. this match, and uh, that uh, match that, that entrance really brought a tear to my eye. What were you gonna say? <laughs> this match and the, and the tag team uh, match were my two favorites of the night. Um, you know what they attributed this to, right? Attribute to what? The match. Tri- the blueprint of the match okay. of of Punk uh, Punk versus Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. The blueprint they took that from uh, uh, Bret Hart and and X Pac on Raw. Really? Yeah. What a random match. They were both, fa- they were both faces. If you look at the 
the be the first minute of the match is identical. I saw them side by side. It's identical what to Bret Hart versus. I w- I'm pretty sure at the time it was one two three kid. Random match to, to pair yourself with. Well, if you noticed, uh, Punk is doing Punk is Punk is trolling on another level, mm-hmm. right? He's got the AC on his on his uh, shoes. He had the BW on his shoes. Like he's he's dropping little hints. Mm. On Friday, he came out the commentary for Rampage wearing a Bret Hart uh, Roots of Fight T-shirt, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I, the only I didn't even notice it was a Bret Hart, but it said it had a, a huge H, and in the middle of the H on the top was a B, and on the bottom was a heart. Didn't even know it at the time. Hmm. But uh, I saw that, and I was like, "That's interesting." He came out wearing those. Uh, those tights, which is almost kind of Bret Hart's signature. Although Bret Hart would wear like trunks over the tights type of thing, mm. you know. But the stars, all that stuff. It, yeah, he accredited. Uh, I heard someone refer to CM Punk in this stage of his career as a what Bret Hart would have been like in WWE in like 2002. Okay. Right, if he never had the stroke, and 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 him and Vince were on somewhat of good terms, I guess. Right, he came back into the WWE with seven ninety seven. Right, that was Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So let's say two thousand three, two thousand four. Right, you have seven years away. You you you're going back and forth with the Vince McMahon and all that shit, and then he comes back. This is what he feels Bret Hart would have been like if he came back in like oh four. Which I'm all for. I'm all for it too. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it too. Um, that that's, that, that the spot whole thing that, nearly brought a tear to my eye. That spot where uh, Darby bashed his back against <laughs> the. Uh, and you the, saw the you saw it start to. I don't know if it got busted open. If he just had a huge yeah, red huge, mark going across his yeah yeah like huge spine. huge welt. that scared me. That was a, that was a listen. I, I, that was scary. I know he likes to do the whole daredevil type thing. That spot was terrifying. He threw himself, if you did not watch it, he threw him, Darby Allen threw himself into the, between the top and middle ring, ring buckles. And yeah, his, turnbuckle. His back, he went back first into the, it, it, he like literally, his skinny ass self went through. It was right like he through. was doing the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels to go over the top. Right, but, like it, but instead he went, he went horizontal through the turnbuckles you know. and his back, right back first into the, the metal post and then hit that and then went flying out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I just yeah, it was that was a, a scary spot, but uh, and, and kudos to CM Punk, he, he looked great. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, but and that's why I think it had to be that type of match. He needed to have a slow paced, almost amateur style wrestling match, because you did the last thing that fans would have wanted to see were to be, excuse me. Where it would be if CM Punk had a had a a, CM, a, a 2011 CM Punk type match that was fast paced and all that stuff, mm. and he gets blown up at you know five minutes in, right? That match could go 20 minutes because of all the holds that they had to do and all that stuff, and Darby selling and Punk selling and all that. That's why I thought that match was amazing, but somehow still not match of the night. Well, match of the night. I'm just gonna go out and say it was the Lucha Brothers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that, you, you yeah. can't. Spikes, spikes you, to the head. Spikes to the head on the bottom of the shoes, man. That's that's the way to spikes go. Spikes to the head with the bottom of the shoes and disrespecting Mexican culture. Yeah. Jesus Christ! 
I don't think I could have taken anything. It was so much. It was so much. Um, so so CM Punk wins that one. Uh, then we had the uh, the palate cleanser, <laughs> Paul White versus uh, QT Marshall. Uh, again, just absolutely uh, quick match, but it was just, it was fun. It was just fun to see uh, Paul White getting up there and and uh, he's, he's back in the ring. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that uh, that people like Paul White and, and Christian Cage can can find another organization and and you know. Still, still do it. Meanwhile, uh, where they were before, they they kind of like put them on the on the uh, sideline. Uh, but I just want to point this out. Yeah, I was texting Steven during this whole thing, and uh, he right before, right after this match had had happened, mm. or right, right as this match was going on, he goes, <laughs> "Maybe Brian comes out in this one to help Paul." That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he said, no reason they'd save this for the co-man if there wasn't something bigger coming. And then I said, so here's what I'm thinking. I think they took us on such a high with the punk win that they had to bring us down. Not, not, not in a bad way, but bring us down back to reality with the Paul White match mm. to then skyrocket us to the fucking moon. Yeah, absolutely. With the last, with the last sure. part. But the, whole, the point I want to make is that the whole pay-per-view was like that. It started off with, with Miro... Kept on going up to Moxley, came down a little bit for the for the women's match, I guess. Can't always kind be of. on a high. Exactly. You, it, you, it came, like it, a... you had to come down a little bit for the women's match, so you mm-hmm. have you know Britt Baker. Then you start to get the little bump back with the Pittsburgh Sunrise because that's when I was like, oh fuck, it's happening. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> then you go to the fucking moon with the Young Bucks match. Mm-hmm. To come back down, settle yourself for the women's casino battle royal. Then you have two back to back with Jericho and then Punk up, up. You go down for Paul White and then Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Kenny well, Omega, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage, and then and then and then, and then <laughs> to the moon. But you say, you say that after the fact. But that this match was amazing. The Paul White match? No, but that ass. The, the oh, Kenny okay. Omega Christian Cage. <laughs> I don't know if we were still on that. No, no, we're, we're moving. We're moving on. So, okay, yeah, Ken, yeah. No, it absolutely wasn't. Kenny Omega I don't know versus what Christian Kenny Cage. with the fucking blue hair, but yeah, yeah, that was that was a little weird. But I again, I give absolute kudos to uh, your Impact World Champion in Christian yes. Cage taking on the AEW World Champion uh, Kenny Omega. Um, listen, I, I I said to Rob uh, in the, in the text at, at one point weeks ago, I was like, "There's there's some I, I don't know what's going on with." Christian Cage, but they seem to be bringing these uh, these other guys in, these older guys, who at that time they were kind of like, all right, there you're in, but now you're kind of mid, and it wasn't really like he, he was suddenly at the top of the of the the card every single night. He just slowly got there because he was just they just kept giving him wins, and uh, after a while, when he had that, they, they built up this storyline with him and Kenny Omega because he initially, when he first got to AEW, alluded to the fact that he was going after Kenny Omega, and here's the payoff. So, whatever, however many months ago he actually came to AEW, he first alluded to it. It's like, all right, we'll we'll get it at some point, whenever. And this is this is now whenever. So between all that time, he kind of was just used here and there to kind of fill in spots and and get over on somebody else and have a have a good match with uh, Lance Archer, have, him, have another match with somebody else, with Brian Cage, whoever. Uh, Team Taz and, and you know, work work on the mid-card stuff. And then all of a sudden they just bumped him up and put a belt on him 
uh, the Impact belts, which was good to give him that belt. I mean, they weren't going to give him the, the world title for AEW, but they gave him the Impact title, um, which was befitting because he was there. Uh, he's been there before. And then they have this match, and it was just for for especially Christian Cage, who's not a spring chicken, for him to get through those those spots on the tables. Um, oh, that last that last table spot. <laughs> I, yeah. Anytime you can go from inside the ring, thought to he out- got stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> thought he got stabbed. Anytime you go from inside the ring to outside the ring on a table, that's got to be painful. Yeah, I'm uh, doing it with fire. With Shout fire, McFoley. <laughs> there you go. Um, and Edge. And ironically <laughs> yeah there you go there you go um maybe that's why he did it he was uh, funny enough i just saw that on uh they had a uh, like one of those like mini specials on the network where they talk about mm-hmm. matches and that that being one of them like mcfoley versus versus edge um uh, well, i was always just forever grateful because it was one of those matches where mcfoley was basically on his way out of wrestling uh actually wrestling and to legitimize yourself with someone like Mick Foley and also to kind of go the next step into wrestling where it gets to like that hardcore level. So just the aspect, again, going off on another tangent, but him talking about it, like Edge talking about it, and then Mick Foley giving credit to, to Lita to, to, as far as being like the, a huge part of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with just setting up the table and putting the gasoline on and doing doing her like her and Carmanas and on all these other moves and her taking uh, a huge bump um, yeah. <laughs> from uh, from Foley, so yeah that that was no on that end. This here, as far as uh, the, the the connection being Christian Cage and Edge, uh, again t- taking taking those spots and taking that bump, man, and then. The, the, to end the match with a one winged angel from the top. God. <laughs> Jeez. Ouch. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. And so, match, great. Match, 10 out of 10. Uh, the, the entire night. Or just without anything else happening. We had, a, we had a debut of Ruby Soho. We had a without return. Without anything else happening, I was disappointed. Really? In the longevity of it? Yeah. I think. <laughs> If I we we have, we become if so, I had gotten one of them, I would have been like perfect. It's all I needed. If we had nothing though, you'd be disappointed. If you had if no it, debuts ended, at the end, if it ended with Kent, if it ended with Kenny winning, right? And then it, the the elite beat down. Uh, let's say this is how it ended: mm-hmm. the elite beat down Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and everybody come out. That's how it ended, right? right. The elite standing tall. They got Jungle Boy. All the Jurassic Express underneath them, and they're just winning. Mm. I would have been a little disappointed, okay, because of what I had texted you earlier that day. Do you remember what I texted you guys? No. I want you to cue my music really quick. <laughs> so, uh, four forty-five p.m. on Sunday, I texted Omega versus Christian is the main event tonight. Expect a debut after. Stephen replied with a gif of Daniel Bryan going, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Or Adam Cole, hello, boys and girls, in an old Ring of Honor promo. Mm. I put up a gif of Adam Cole and Undisputed Era going, boom. I said, my prediction. My prediction. This was at 5.05 p.m. So you're both right. I was right. Bitch, you guessed it. You was right. You were both right. 
And the reason why I'm right is because mm. I texted you guys this. Simply, Kenny wins. Elite celebrates in the ring. Then, boom. Mm. Adam Cole comes out. I have never been on such a high after calling something perfectly. Didn't know it was going to happen at the end. But I've never been so excited with myself for thinking and it actually coming to fruition. Not just me going out on a limb and saying something. Mm. <laughs> it's about time. I, I cannot <laughs> tell you how excited I was. I texted you guys the next morning. I said, I woke up with a smile for the first time in years. Normally, you wake up, you're like, oh, fuck. I woke up with a smile. I got something right. I had fucking amazing <laughs> debuts. It was uh, awesome. So, now, Kenny Omega. Yes, now. Go ahead. Kenny Omega wins. <laughs> Kenny Omega won. He goes, are you understanding? Are you starting to understand Chicago? I don't care where you come from. No one is on my level. The only people that would ever have a chance to beat me are retired or they're already dead. <laughs> he said they're not here, which I think is a, is a, is a they, thing for Hangman. He said they're either not here, that, that was they're the retired, I'm, I'm, or they're already dead. Quote, yeah, I'm, I'm quoting it from, from the, the website. The only people that would ever have a chance to beat me are retired or they're already dead. And then... The music hits. Lights go out. Lights go out. Music hits. Music hits. And it's baby. And a ghost from the dead <laughs> comes back. Go figure. In the form of Adam fucking Cole, baby. Baby. Adam Cole is all elite. And not only he's all elite, baby, as you heard Excalibur shove down our throats yeah. once or twice. Yeah, a lot. And, and also, as well as Jim Ross. Um, and Jim Ross, and yes, if you're asking, probably going to get that T-shirt. Only because I have an Undisputed Era sweatshirt, and I'm just thinking of the times where I can go, no, 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 and I take off the sweatshirt and all elite, baby, it's going to be perfect. He came down. I'm not with the WWE. I'm with AEW. <laughs> he came down. Uh, first of all, the, the first hint should have been that he came out of the uh, the, the heel side. Yes. Uh, like it, it, The way he made it portrayed that he was going to come up, come out and basically – save Jurassic Express. But instead, he kicked him in the head. He, he kicked Jungle Boy in the head. Uh, yeah. And he hugged, hugged the Bucks. The Bucks gave him a kiss on each cheek. Uh, and then Omega going, I must send the crowd, crowd home happy without further ado. And then Brian Danielson's music hits. So we, in the, the span... Rise of the Valkyries. Da, 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 in the span of a minute, minutes. two minutes, you had two of the biggest names in wrestling debut in AEW. Well, also Cole cut that. Cole cut a nice promo. Oh yeah, well that's right, right, right. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a good promo. I I was like, I don't even know what to do with myself. I was in, I was in bed, sitting in my bed, lights out, all this is happening, and I'm just going, oh my god, it's happening. (laughs) It's it's happening. It's really happening. Here we go. Uh, Greatest pay per view I've ever seen. It's uh, he comes in. He Brian Danielson. Cleans house here, uh, takes Nick Jackson with the the rising knee, and uh, and then that was that was it. And real tough day for Nick Jackson. It really was. <laughs> it really, really was. Lost the lost the championships. Gets hit in the head by a flying knee. But gained, but gained his best friend. That's gained, dead. A, gained a best friend that was they used to be dead. Um, Excalibur with the line uh, at the end. Uh, the home of the home of professional wrestling is all elite wrestling. As you have uh, Brian, uh, Christian Cage, Jurassic Express, all in the ring, and then it goes goes out. Um, I have two questions for you, please. Now that we finished that, or all out, yes. 
to piggyback off of it, how nuts would it be if Brian Danielson went into Dynamite tonight and pulled the Scott Hall promo? He says, you, <laughs> you know who I am, you don't. but you don't know why I'm here. Why? And I'm then, and then, uh, I would love for that to happen, right? Right. That I could see happening tonight. Right. I really could see that happening. That's right. a lo- like a logical thing. Right. This part, not so much. Okay. What if, right after he says... You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Jay White's music hits. Mm. And Brian Danielson joins the Bullet Club. <laughs> and we get Blood and Guts next week. <laughs> oh, Lord. <Okay. laughs> you, no, that's uh, definitely not happening. But definitely. the way that All Out ended, it looked like it could set up a Blood and Guts match if they want to give it to the Prudential Center crowd. Fair enough. Right. If you have if you have Brian, Christian, and uh, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus go against uh, the Bucks, Kenny and Adam, four on four, inside two steel cages. <laughs> That'd be nice if we we could get uh, blood and guts again, but. Since and we, I wouldn't mind if Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson were to lead mm. the Jurassic Express. He is the American Dragon. I'm going to cut your mic off. Um, okay. <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm done. Uh, uh, I will I will say this. Um, after all that, we, we, I know we talked a lot about... No, All eight. Out. That's what it's called. Thank you. Uh, after we talked a lot about All Out and uh, that, that pay-per-view since it took up the entirety of the show, but... It took up the entirety of the show because it was such a good pay-per-view. Not not just good. It was an amazing pay-per-view. Not just amazing. It was one of the best. Uh, again, not just the best, if you ask me. It was the greatest. Well, you have a tendency to like to think that everything's the greatest. No. No. That's not true. You said Roman Reigns versus Edge was the greatest match you've ever seen. Because it was. It was a great match. It was can't be the greatest match you've ever seen. It was it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. You said, okay, one of the. All right. I don't think you understand this. The great matches happen at pay-per-views. The first pay-per-view I watched was WrestleMania 25. Who was in that one? What? Who was in that one? That was un- that was Undertaker Sean won. Okay. Which? And you're saying that Roman Reigns versus Edge is better than Undertaker Sean won? How about Undertaker Sean 2? How about Undertaker Triple H 1? How about Undertaker Triple H 2? How about any of those four? Better than Undertaker Triple H. I'll give, uh, I will say that. For sure, better than Undertaker than Triple H. Both of them. Okay. Yeah. Now, we can all agree that Randy Orton versus Edge was the greatest wrestling match of all time. Right? No. This is the greatest show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, I will, <laughs> let me say this as far as, as far as, uh, all elite and, uh, the, the issue that I, I, that I brought up before, as far as Mick Foley and him bringing up this, uh, viral statement that he, he came out with, um, he's right. <laughs> and I'm going to play it right yeah. now for you. Uh, it's a, it's a minute long, but basically the idea is, is that Vince, you need to wake up and pay attention to what's going on. And this is what he has to say. Hello, this is hardcore legend Mick Foley. I'd like to title this video WWE, We've Got a Problem, because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place 
for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines, but part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside, or in the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, if I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE Creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me uh, back in the day, but that was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be uh, with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. Bravo. Bravo. I mean, everything that he said, I, I completely, 100% agree with. And this is coming from someone who, as he just mentioned, he came from somewhere, WCW, uh, that kind of just had him be the hardcore guy and there wasn't any room for him. But yet WWE, ironically, was able to not only give him the creative freedom to be a new character in Mankind and make that his own, but they brought back Cactus Jack. They gave him Dude Love, who was his original persona when he was a kid. So yeah. the, the funny thing is that you had all these, like back then, you had all this creative, the creative renaissance then of, of the Attitude Era, and you gave everybody that that kind of freedom to do things, and then you suddenly take it back now, and now exactly what he just said is what's happening is that you have. Karrion Cross, who was the NXT champion and so dominant, you've you've neutered him. He's he's like his former self, Keith Lee. I mean, it's a very it, elegant way of putting it. I mean, it's it's true. Keith Lee, same same deal. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you can go chapter and verse of, of the the people that have come up from NXT and have just been like, I, I want to go back. Like, it, I mean, geez, we saw uh, before he got hurt, you saw uh, D, DIY. You saw Johnny Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa come come over to uh, to Raw when they had that kind of like weird tweener thing going on when they were NXT and they were doing both. Yeah, thank God he got hurt. I mean, it's it's weird, awful thing to say, but just for the, the sake of their career, they they'd be floundering, which they were floundering uh, on Raw, and then they went back to NXT. Um, you know, it, it's just again chapter and verse of, of wrestlers that you could, you could talk about that just were here in NXT came over and are just doing absolute shit. And so he's Foley's absolutely right. And so when you see something like that, if you're a young talent and you see something something like AEW, which is nothing but really the majority of the roster is nothing but young talent. And again, that's what everybody alluded to when they had the press conferences with uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, just the amount of young talent and always referring to Jungle Boy, referring to Darby Allen, they all did the same thing. They all referred to these people that are just so young and so good and that they want to be in the ring with. Can't say that with WWE. You know, no. it's 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 all everybody that they have in 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 WWE as far as mainstays are on the older side. And when I say older side, I mean like like late twenties, early thirties. And nobody like a young guy like Darby Allen who can rip up a scene, and that's a problem. That's a, that's a problem for you know. And, and now the idea of NXT being this new NXT, which we really quickly just want to talk about, Vince McMahon and uh, Bruce Prichard are, have taken over NXT. So, uh, time of death, 
this week. Nine <laughs> fourteen. No, That's when the new NXT debuts. So I, I'm week. saying I'm saying time of death was, oh, well, was then, yes. nine yes, nine September, seven. Uh, <laughs> September seventh at about ten oh one p.m. Yeah, ten oh one p.m. That's the end of the NXT as you know it, because now it's it's going to to Vinny. Yep. And so now it's going to Vinny. Yeah, the, the idea there is that this, this brand new NXT, we, we, again, I, I don't want to say anything new, uh, anything now about uh, the new product since we haven't even seen the new product. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold all comments <laughs> till we talk about next week when we're we're actually at uh, Dynamite next week and we'll we'll possibly possibly maybe record a little bit while we're there. Um, Yay! <laughs> this is it this. has been 18 fucking months it's just it's so it's great that it timed we're itself we're one week away it please don't get sick know, don't i'm get trying sick. my hardest <laughs> don't please. get sick nobody get covid please for the love of god um the the idea that it was we were supposed to do it for back in february and it's come full circle now that march. we're finally how do you not remember it's march it's supposed to be february it was february when it was re I thought it was, I thought it was february the original the original date was i thought it was february no March twenty fifth. It was last We've year. We've gone through this so many yeah, whatever, times. Whatever. In February, we were still hanging out. We were still, we were still fucking going out. Oh, that's right. It was March. <laughs> yeah, March eleventh was the last March. AEW paper. March of last year was Dynamite. supposed to be okay. March was supposed to be Prudential Center last year. COVID happened, and now they timed it where they're supposed to be in the New York area for the twenty second. And so they put it on the fifteenth. Great, great yeah. timing, great job. And now we have, which works out for us, so we have two weeks of, of dynamite attendance uh, to uh, to go to. We get two weeks of dynamite, yes. and also AEW will be making its kind of Long Island debut on December eighth. Oh, oh yeah, and they will be at the UBS Arena right across the street from Belmont Stakes. This is the new uh, Islanders Stadium, if I'm not. This is the new I'm Islanders saying. vehicle. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Yep, okay. and uh, it is roughly, I think, 10 minutes away from my house. Never go. been happier. Perfect. And uh, my birthday will be uh, <laughs> the next Tuesday, so you will see my ass at the UBS Arena on December 8th. <laughs> uh, see my ass right next to you. Um, yep. <laughs> so, Probably Steve right next to me, too. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they better get, uh, all that's to say, they better get their act together and, and do something quick because you're going to lose talent that want to go and... and jump ship and not only young talent but established talent like kevin owens like yeah. bray wyatt people who have been fired that need to find a a, a home for their voice and it's going to be AEW. and if it's not AEW, it's going to be somewhere else you know that uh you can do impact roh you know you can go any any one of those uh places to kind of get your your wrestling fix as far as being, yeah. being a talent but uh, yeah, it, it's it's not a it's not a good look um, for anybody that is in, in NXT right now, and I'm sure there are people there that have been in NXT that are have lingered there probably well past their expiration date, but they are deathly afraid of going to going to Raw or SmackDown because they don't know what to expect. That could be somewhat said for Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, right? But they're still doing some of the best stuff that they've ever done, right? Which right. is crazy. I mean, uh, before we wrap up on your yeah. note about AEW and having a voice. Mm. Pat McAfee. <laughs> there we go. Pat McAfee uh, went on his radio show and decided to go on a, and I quote, profane rant after Adam Cole joins AEW. This is what Pat McAfee said. Mm. 
We're going to talk about Bay Bay later. That was quite a big moment last night. You know, he's a piece of shit, that guy. I mean, congrats <laughs> to him, and that is a pretty big deal, but fuck that guy. <laughs> I can't take... I can't take this guy. You know, dude, like, he's a terrible scumbag asshole. Can't say it enough. Proved it again last night. Just can't help it. It oozes from his body. <laughs> you stand too close for him for too long. He's like, when I had to for 20-something minutes, first time, no crowd, no big deal. Uh, when I went out there, you're worried that th that scum is going to osmosis through. That's what he said. <laughs> uh but regardless, that was a pretty fucking big moment. Now, with that being said, what a terrible guy. Congrats, though. <laughs> uh, it was really fucking cool to see, and it was great to hear. And he does this, the Bay Bay. Uh -huh. <laughs> that fucker was loud. <laughs> <laughs> a gem to the wrestling industry. Uh, he is a gentleman and a scholar. I, uh... yep. <laughs> Anything else before we uh, wrap up the shindig? Uh, there was one thing I had to point out, uh, in a span of three weeks, mm. we got Punk, Danielson, mm. and Cole. Mm. Fucking incredible time to be a wrestling fan. Mm. The WWE has let go of all these people, and they have made such an impact. I'm going to read them right now, but they have made such a fucking impact in the short amount of time that they've been there. Okay. John Moxley, Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, 2.0, Andrade, Paul White, Mark Henry, Ruby Soho, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. By the way, uh, if you watch the the press conference that Adam Cole had with Tony Khan, mm -hmm. and a reporter goes, uh, "Adam Cole, you're the first uh, main name to to come from NXT," and Tony Khan couldn't have been any quicker to jump down this guy's throat and go, "What 2.0 aren't main names?" <laughs> <laughs> like really like really just quickly kind of just jumped in with that those and, guys got a fucking rocket ship strapped to them they really did even they got put over by sting even they got put even over as jobbers by Punk. even as jobbers air even as jobbers they're still up there <laughs> which yeah is, which is again change and i referred back to this with ruby soho change the setting change the scenario change the mindset and see what happens and it's not even that go back to what you did first they made a name for themselves on the independence doing this exact same thing. Right. So did Ruby Soho. Mm. But she was named something else that did slip in my mind right now. But still, like they kudos to, to the both of them. They've they've been doing crazy yeah. crazy things for themselves. Um original plans for Adam Cole on the main roster. Did you oh, hear about this? Oh my god, yes, go ahead. Okay. The original plans for Adam Cole on the main roster were to, were to be were for him to be a heel manager. It has not been revealed who his client would have been though. Thank a God. Can you imagine if he was a manager? <laughs> he, it would have been dope. He's great on the microphone. Don't was, get me wrong. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. But still. But absolutely not. No, what a waste of talent. And the the, yeah. the, uh, the great irony in everything that's happening with AEW and, and uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole is that, speaking of best matches of all time, top five best match of all time. And I keep referring back to it every single time. That match that they had on SmackDown uh, with, with Brian oh, and Cole. Brian. When Cole. NXT, when X, around that time with Survivor Series, when NXT invaded, and, and it was that it was that first year. It was that first. Uh, uh, it was right after. It was the night that that they invaded, right? From Saudi. That's right. what it was. Well, it, because because Daniel of, Bryan refused to go to Saudi Arabia because so of Saudi. He was on he was there. It was because of Saudi. Because yeah. it was, right, because, because of, of the Saudi. plane, which for that week was the best thing that could happen because they wouldn't if that if they were everybody was back that match until never, right now that, match that was never the happened. best time to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> 
that up ma- until now. That match up would until never. Sunday, that was the best time. That match would never have happened if they if everybody was back. And that's that's yeah. that's also unfortunate because if you if out of a force of of need they came up with that match. That's unfortunate that you didn't have that the, yeah. the foresight to be able to see that to see to put these two together because you had such a great talent in Adam Cole and now you lost both. Not only do you have you lost both those guys, you had that Brian Danielson was your main event of WrestleMania this year. <laughs> that happened this yeah. year. And now he's gone. So, you know, what? Christian Cage is in the Royal Rumble, too. He was, <laughs> one, of the, Cage was, he was one of the last four. Vince, you, you got to wake up, Vince. You got to wake up. This is not a good look. Um, and I know he, he also reports You don't got to wake up and smell the roses. You got to wake up and smell the shit. Because you clearly have your head in your ass. Oh, and with that, I have nothing else to say. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is Sons of Slam. Please hit us up on Twitter, Sons of Slam Show. And let us know what you thought about uh, AEW's All Out 2021. Uh, I know this was a very AEW-centric show uh, this week, but it had to be because of just the, the pay-per-view that they put on, which was a kudos to them. Not, not it, It's not that they haven't put on crappy shows because you know AEW has done, just like any other organization has done shit, <laughs> but when they do great work, and especially when it's amazing like what we had, and I'm, I'm going to watch it again, uh, it is worth uh, talking about. So we have... Dynamite tonight, again, uh, debut of Ruby Soho on Dynamite. We have uh, SmackDown this Friday, which is emanating from the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Looking forward to that. Lesnar and Cena is going to be there and all that good stuff. I can't wait for that. And then next week, uh, doing a little broadcast uh, from Prudential Center The Rock uh, for AEW Dynamite. And I cannot wait. (laughs) I can't wait to finally be back in a building. next time. The next time you guys hear us is either going to be before or after the show. Right. <laughs> and uh, you're popping your cherry, which is amazing to me that as a wrestling fan that you've never been yeah. to a wrestling event. That, that's amazing to me. I've um, been to a wrestling event. It was just a fucking indie show that okay. was in, the, that, in a fucking Catholic school gym. That's okay. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm ecstatic to be back in an arena just to watch wrestling again. Um, so this, this would be good. So I'm going fu- to lose my voice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to lose my voice before we get in, walk in the building. Yeah. It's going to be good. Probably. Uh, if you are also going to be in the area, if you are in the New York area, New York, New Jersey area, and you're in the going to be there at one of these events, please hit us up uh, and let us know and so we can meet and talk all things uh, AEW. Guys, thanks so very much for, for listening uh, to us ramble about uh, All Out. Uh, again, hit us up on Twitter. My name is Chris Mindell. That is Joe Black. Adios, guys. <laughs> The Sons of Slam podcast.